You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the great pivot that's taken place in regards to fitness during the age of COVID-19. Obviously, a lot has changed in our world. There was a long period of gyms being shut down, bike trails being shut down, swimming pools had caution tape around them. So a lot of folks were forced to pivot. And during this time, coincidentally, we've seen sedentary behavior that was already at epidemic proportions in our country skyrocket even further, which again, just based on the data that we already had, it was to be expected. But this is something that we need to take control of. We need to get a handle on. And also, how can we shift gears and look at the bigger picture and look at the value that we can extract from this time right now? And again, as mentioned, sedentary behavior has been up-leveled even further. And this is actually very counterproductive if we're talking about management of this virus that's on a lot of people's minds right now. And we've got some new data. This was published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. And they're looking at a massive analysis of COVID-19 patients to take a good look at their exercise habits prior to contracting COVID-19. The conclusion of the study states that adults who engaged and the recommended levels of physical activity were associated with a decreased likelihood of SARS-CoV-2 infection, severe COVID-19 illness, and COVID-19 related death. So number one, they found that regular exercise has a notable protective effect against contracting COVID in the first place. They found number two, it had an even stronger effect in protecting individuals who regularly exercise from severe effects from COVID-19 and also dramatically reducing the risk of death from COVID-19 as well. And also in this study, they did a really good job at accounting for confounding factors. But again, no study is perfect. But seeing this connection is really startling, especially when you look at how detailed an analysis like this is and what it really brings forward and what we can do to truly protect our citizens and get our citizens healthier and more resilient. They track the benefits of both aerobic exercise and strength training exercise as well. And they found that strength training had benefits in reducing rates of infection and reducing rates of severe symptoms, while aerobic exercise most notably showed an even greater benefit in reducing rates of infection, severe side effects, and being remarkably protective against death related to COVID-19. But here's the biggest takeaway from this study. The combined engagement of consistent strength training and aerobic exercise outperformed them all individually and made the risk of severe COVID infections absolutely plummet. In one cohort of the study, people who regularly strength train and utilize aerobic exercise had a 27% lower risk of contracting COVID-19 infection in the first place. And listen to this, they had almost a 60% lower risk of severe COVID-19 symptoms. That is incredible. 60% lower risk of severe symptoms. This sounds medicinal. This is remarkably protective. This should be advocated and talked about a whole lot more. In another cohort of the study, 
the folks who were getting sufficient amounts of activity, getting sufficient amounts of exercise each week, were found to have a 22% lower risk of COVID-19 infection in the first place, a 38% lower risk of severe COVID-19, and an 83% lower risk of COVID-19 related death. Again, pretty remarkable. This is matching up against folks who are sedentary. Now, we live right now here in the United States, we have the most sedentary culture in the history of the world. And I really want to emphasize this point, and I want you to take a moment and really think about that. At no time in the history of our species have we been this inactive. So we evolved really in an environment where we were forced to move around. It was just a part of life. It was just a part of being human. Today, we have so many different conveniences and creature comforts, which are, you know, they have their place, but it's created a situation where we have to proactively replicate or manufacture movements that we would naturally be doing, you know, walking, running, picking up heavy things. We go to a gym to kind of replicate those activities and elicit the epigenetic influences that those things deliver, which gives us a healthy expression of our genes, healthy function of our DNA, healthy function of our cells, healthy function of our organs, healthy function of our organ systems, healthy function of our bodies. And so this is a time where also we can probably add in a little bit more creativity to the mix and getting those biological needs because truly your genes expect you to exercise. Your genes expect you to move and to be active. And even the word exercise itself, we're creating, basically we're putting it into a box. But exercise is a way to describe being human, really. Because encapsulated in this box with exercise, when we open up the box, there are thousands of different things that that could mean, you know? So today we're really going to open up this box, expand this conversation, address what's happening right now in our world, but also look at, hey, what can we do moving forward to transform this state of affairs and really get ourselves healthier and more resilient to all the stress that's going on in the world right now? So really pumped about this. And we've got somebody who is an incredibly powerful voice in this domain of fitness and really can't This is our second time on the show and she's somebody who's a friend and somebody who's a continued inspiration and just really a wealth of knowledge based on her experience in helping countless people. You know, she's impacted millions of people, but also finding ways to adapt and pivot in her own life as her life structures have changed. So again, really pumped about this. Now, as of this recording, we are moving into, quote, cold and flu season. So this is a time to be a little bit more adamant about our immune function and supporting our overall health. This is a time to be a little bit more proactive and making sure that we're getting the nutrients that we need to fortify our immune system. A study published in the peer-reviewed journal Antiviral Chemistry and Chemotherapy revealed that the long-storied B product, propolis, has significant antiviral effects, specifically in reducing viral lung infections. 
Now, propolis has been found to be so effective against viruses, not just what we would deem to be like an internal virus, but also what we would deem to be something external, showing these external symptoms like cold sores, for example. A recent study published in Phytotherapy Research found that topically applying propolis multiple times a day, three times a day in this study, accelerated the healing of cold sores faster than no treatment at all. The researchers found that the topical propolis not only reduced the amount of the herpes virus present in a person's body, but also protected the body against future cold sore breakouts. That is remarkable. Again, something that's deemed to be not really having a viable treatment or quote cure, but something that is modulating the immune system in such a way that is preventing and protecting, not preventing, but protecting and re reducing the reoccurrence of future cold sores via this very crafty virus that knows how to kind of hide out in our nervous system. There's something really special about propolis. And why is that? Well, I think a big reason is because it has over 300 active compounds, with the majority of these compounds being in the form of very powerful antioxidants, specifically polyphenols that are well documented to reduce inflammation and fight disease. Even more specifically, polyphenols have been proven to inhibit the activity of coronavirus, according to recent data published in the peer-reviewed journal Archives of Virology. All right. This is something that I add to my repertoire, especially during this time of year. I'm more proactive at utilizing my propolis spray from Beekeepers Naturals. Go to B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-Naturals.com forward slash model and you get a 25% discount. This is brand new. They just bumped it from 15% to 25% off. They're wanting folks to proactively get their immune system fortified, pick up their incredible bee immune spray, the bee immune throat spray based on propolis. Again, this is something I regularly use. Also, there's a kid's one that I use for my little guy as well. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model again for 25% off. Also, they've got some remarkable elderberry lozenges, their bee better cough syrup. That is avoiding all of these crazy. If you look at the ingredients on conventional cough syrup, it is insane that it's even okay for humans to consume. All right. It's getting down to things that are clinically proven to be effective, safe, and actually healthy for humans with a storied, a long history of benefit. All right. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled So Inspiring by Cry2016. I love this podcast. Always so inspiring and full of easy-to-follow information. I just ordered the new book and I can't wait to read. Thank you. That's so amazing. Thank you so much for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. And I believe that they're mentioning Eat Smarter, which today, as of this recording, I just found out that the Eat Smarter audiobook is in the top 10 in the United States in nonfiction, all right? It is in the top 10 of all audiobooks, nonfiction audiobooks in the United States. Absolutely mind-blowing. We're just a community who's dedicated to transforming the health of ourselves, our families, and our society at large. And I just want to reiterate the change and the, the, the power that you have 
the influence that you have on affecting the world around you. Because on paper, I shouldn't have been able to accomplish these things and to make such a big impact. But it's simply by putting one foot in front of the other, by stepping up, by sharing my voice, by getting educated, by being the model. These are all steps that any of us can take to help to bring a little bit more light and inspiration and education to the world. So I appreciate you so much for being a part of this mission with me. Thank you for being a model. Thank you for imbibing some of the things that you're learning in this platform, putting them in play in your life, and also sharing it with other people. Because people say sharing is caring. No, seriously, today more than ever, sharing things that are based on real science, that are about empowerment, that help people just to, to feel better. Man, it's such a game changer. So appreciate that so much. If you've yet to do so, pop over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review for the Model Health Show. On that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is expert fitness trainer, Lita Lewis. She's a motivational speaker, coach, and also one of the leading fitness experts online today with her massive platform of education on her social media channels. She's also the founder of one of the leading fitness brands in the world today. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But most importantly, we're going to be talking about, hey, what can we do right now in this time of pivot, in this time of turbulence and adjustment to get ourselves and our communities healthier? Let's jump into this conversation with the amazing Lita Lewis. Welcome back to the Model Health Show. Thank you for having me back. You're right. I've definitely been here before. <laughs> <laughs> so second time here, and I appreciate you stopping by. You know, obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now. But with all this going on in the world, why is it more important than ever for folks to focus on fitness? Oh, my gosh. Where do I begin? I think, listen, people like myself have been pushing healthy lifestyles for foreverness. Um, like myself, I know many others that sort of grew up in playing sports, being involved in sports, living active lifestyles, and because of it, have learned how to fuel their bodies correctly. Um, and if you're lucky, you take that into adulthood and it becomes part of your, your very fabric, your very being. Um, and because of it, we can then benefit from living in these vessels that are healthy or somewhat healthy because I definitely enjoy a little treat here and there. Um, but more than ever, I think as uh, this virus spreads around our globe and we see that it ultimately attacks our immune system. Um, we recognize the importance of having a strong one. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people's thoughts go in all different directions when it comes to fitness. And I've always said it should be lifestyle, like many other people. It uh, should be something you enjoy and something that you take seriously because when there are risks to our health, our first defense is this very body that we inhabit. Uh, you know, I think at least with my own community, this idea of fitness, especially even how I've pushed it, which I take full responsibility for, has been really much kind of a hardcore approach to this idea of going to the gym five days a week, clocking in your time. Um, I know social media has played this, a huge um, portrayal of what it is to live a fit, healthy lifestyle. And to the average person, you know, that's really unobtainable. And I get that now more than ever, now that I'm filling roles of, of you know, a stepmom um, and a wife and someone that's running a household and, and a business. 
I get that. Not even I can be in the gym twice a day for several hours at a time. Um, but I, I've, I think in more recent years, I've tried really hard to promote that fitness be not something that is hardcore and you certainly don't have to look a certain way or be uh, lifting, pulling, squatting a certain amount of weight, but simply that you are moving your body in a certain way to sustain a healthy lifestyle and not to say, gain abs and a big booty and all these other, you know, the verbiage around the narrative around it, but it should be something that is very much linked to health Mm. and hence why obviously fitness plays a huge part in that because just encouraging people, and I'm speaking primarily to women and women of color, just to move your body is important and to do so regularly so we can ultimately then be strong and have strong immunes, you know? Yeah. So do you feel that also your training exercise makes you more resilient to stress in your life too? That is a great question. I've always used movement, exercise, um, to combat stress. And for somebody that has, I've been very vocal about having gone through um, and dealt with the severe depression in my 20s, fitness ultimately, and I hate saying it like this because it sounds so cliche, but it like saved my life, you know? Um, I recognize when I moved my physical body, I could then be somewhere else um, and focus on what I always said was kind of like, Avoiding what was the emotional pain to what was the, the physical pain that ultimately made me feel good, you know? Um, I think, I think more, you know, I'm, I'm in this space now where the messaging that I'm sharing should really evolve because what was once in my 20s is very, very different from today. And what I recognize is, say, my audience or my followers, they also reflect that as well. So I think it's... A, really imperative that I share and con- and consistently share um, that regular movement and exercise not be this idea of uh, a, a hardcore regimen, but something, again, just regular movement where we can honor our bodies. Yeah. And obviously you've impacted the lives of a lot of people. You've worked with a lot of people. You've taught a lot of classes. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as a as a viable tool for people to use exercise and movement because there's, again there's a lot of stress obviously in the world right now like it's magnified so do you see that in other people's lives that you that you've worked with as that being something that's made them stronger in other areas not just their bodies definitely i you know i i, I definitely practice other things like i'm big on meditation and journaling but um, you know, when because I have had the influence of of speaking over others and leading classes, um, all the time, you know, without fail, the class is usually a forty five minute to sixty minute class, and I've said this before, the community around what ultimately is fitness becomes so much more, and women, people in general, open up and then speak about their experiences, um, about life and and why they move and what brought them to the class or to the workshop or whatever it may be. And it is, it is life stuff. It's got nothing to do with um, fat cells or, or, or wanting to build a booty. It really is life stuff. And so, you know, this idea that movement can combat or help manage stress is part of the conversation. And especially now that I know stress is very prevalent in a lot of people's lives um, and not just around health, but how 
this pandemic has affected us in all different types of ways, financial, social, um, those that are raising kids, uh, I know are dealing with the different types, different types of, uh, the lacking of social interactions with their peers, um, all sorts of things that I think causes a lot of stress that if we can get outside again, not go to the gym and try to squat 315, but simply walk with your family around the neighborhood, take a hike, something very simple is helping people. Absolutely. I mean, fresh air in general, you know, getting out of the house, especially after being told that you should be inside the house has been a uh, part of the conversation and something that I'm constantly telling my folks as well. Yeah. You know, obviously, and you've seen this over, it's not just now, but just recently in human history, we've kind of been devolving as far as movement is concerned. We're pretty sedentary culture already. As a matter of fact, in the United States, the most sedentary culture that's ever existed. We, ha we already have that title, but mm. with COVID and all the shutdowns, that was magnified. So now a lot of the data is coming out that the rates of sedentary behavior have skyrocketed even more. Like it's going from, from really bad to, to far worse. And obviously, you know, gyms are shut down, parks closed. You know, I saw the, the, the caution tape around you know, the neighborhood the park, yeah, the playground by my, by, by my so house. Yeah. And, you know, obviously this, it, this is a, a reason why sedentary behaviors picked up. But wh why do you think that is? Why do you think we already, we were already sedentary, but why do you feel that people became more sedentary during this time? Was it just like uncertainty? Mm. Was it getting permission to not work out because it's closed? What do you think? Um, I could answer that in one word, I think, and that is fear. I think that more than ever, what I've realized is there's there's kind of like two types of people. You know, we are we all have t TVs, televisions. We all are uh, pumped. You know, our homes are pumped full of this this um, what did I say? Propaganda or an, or a narrative that is is clearly to me intentional, um, and that is feeding the masses, right? And I think when we're at home and we're, we're absorbing this, there's that person that says, this is truth and we must abide and we must fall in line. We must march along to whatever's being told. And there's those people that say, well, that doesn't make much sense because I know when I feel the best or when I'm the healthiest or I'm the strongest, I do X, Y, and Z that contradict what is being told to me. And I think for those that are moving in fear, because this is something that I personally have been very conscious about, like, am I feeling this way because I'm fearful and therefore I'm frightened and it suppresses my thoughts and my rationale and common sense, or am I making this decision based out of common sense? Um, shout out to my mom who says, don't let it be fear. Be aware of fear all the time. Um, and so I think there's people out there that hear the information, choose to believe it, you know, and, and, then, and I will say there's obviously things that are said that I think we all should analyze and, and lean towards understanding and believing to some capacity. But those that absorb everything is truth. Mm. I think that is always, regardless of which way you're, which side you're on, um, has been really dangerous. And if you believe that, then it is to me very clear you are moving and making decisions based out of fear. Hence why those that say would normally, you know, hit the park with their kids, take the dog for a walk and aren't doing so. So I don't, I don't really think that people are using it as an excuse not to, be, to stay active. 
I think people do want to live and however they define that, you know, they, however, you know, again, you don't have to be a gym person, but if you were that person that went on your local hikes, but were told that you couldn't, or they were closed, or if you do take a two hour hike, you have to wear a mask the entire time, you might be discouraged from that. So I think, I think it's fear. I think there's people that adopt it, adopt the information and just move from fear. And there's those that can recognize and filter that, be like, I will not choose to live my life from that. And I will make decisions based on what I know my body is capable of doing and what I've known for X amount of years or however long you've been on this planet has worked for me as far as keeping my body and mind strong. I'm glad you mentioned body and mind as well. Yeah. And you just, that was the ultimate answer. I mean, fear, you're so right. It really boils down to that. And, you know, obviously a lot of folks have had to pivot you know, some people, some people are just about that life. You know, they're about that gym life. They're about, mm -hmm. you know, getting out, training their bodies in various ways. And a lot of folks have been forced to pivot in the interim. You know, stuff is oh. kind of open back up here in LA, kind of, you know, it's a lot of very strange rules and regulations though, you know, at this time, you know, almost two years later, but um, many people in the interim were forced to pivot and you were there and this is one of the reasons I want to have you here as a resource. And I want people to continue to have you as a resource where you're like, hey, listen, I understand. This is closed down. If you have a body, you have a workout. So true. And so let's talk about that pivot and, you know, just kind of removing the barriers of excuse. Like, I don't have a gym. I can't do fill in the blank. What can okay. people really look to? And where, where did you see everything pivot? In yeah. This well, well, I could speak on myself personally. I was like, if I cannot get to the gym. You know, I, I will say there were um, body body weighted workouts that I was doing on my deck or my backyard. A lot of them involved the kids that were fun. But for somebody that is used to going to the gym, and admittedly, that is still me. I still like strength training, um, having some type of resistance that was a little bit more than a resistance band. I was getting itchy for it. I invested in some dumbbells. I, I was lucky to be able to borrow um, my CrossFit gym at the time, uh, barbell and some weights. So I made it work. You see, that? that's great. You it's borrowed. Just, I borrowed. That's yeah, amazing. they were like, well, we shut down, but come and get this equipment. We're still going to get these workouts in. I think, um, listen, I always say, you know, my mother raised me and my sisters to be doers and to figure, can I cuss? Figure shit out. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. It's so this idea that nothing is that serious. Um, nothing is, uh, doesn't have an answer. Everything has an answer. And I think, you know, just growing up with that type of verbiage, it's like you just figure it out. It might not always be the same thing and you might not always hit the target as far as getting the same results or getting that same type of workout um, that you would in your regular pattern, but just figuring it out. The people that panic that they can't sit there and like, throw weights from, you know, wall to wall. I'm like, things have changed. Adapt. Listen, as human beings, if we can't adapt to our environments, then we're going to die. I mean, it's really that simple. I had to sound so morbid. But it's adaption is imperative to survival. And this idea that we look at fitness and for all those gym junkies that were like, oh, I can't do this. My world is going to crumble down. Again, I just think about my mom would say just Figure that shit out, you know? And um, like I said, I pivoted. I bought some very, very overpriced dumbbells right. at the time. 
Oh man, these the inflated prices. prices, right? <laughs> and I justify them because, like, I even to this day, those dumbbells that I have in my backyard still are getting their money's worth. But it's just about figuring it out, Sean. Just adapting. Like I said, you adapt. If you don't adapt, you're gonna die. So that's how we're gonna consider these workouts. If you don't adapt and figure it out, <laughs> you ain't gonna survive. All right. I love this. This is a whole new look at survival of the fittest. You know, oh my literally. gosh, that has really been a, a real conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, apart from everything, which I should be really sensitive about because I have spoken about it in such a way that people said, that sounds really cold. And I'm like, you're right, it does. But if we step out of this universe, if we look at human life as what it is and how it's evolved, it really is survival of the fittest. And if you're not taking your health and your family's health seriously, you just won't survive. Now, I'm not saying that, say, this virus, for instance, is going to kill all your family members. What I'm saying is if I and my husband are very conscious about keeping our kids active, uh, sharing a narrative around what it means to move your body uh, regularly, exercising, performing, um, and then fueling your body a certain way that then uh, that gives you optimum results or, or execution of that body, then, you know, there's, there's that narrative in a household and there's the other family that perhaps are not taking that stuff seriously and are feeding their bodies full of junk and not prioritizing, again, not the crazy workouts or putting your kids in all sorts of sports, but just regular movement and encouraging that. Who's living longer? Who's thriving? Who's got a healthier mindset that then leads to, to opportunities, to, to also wealth, if you will? Like, who's doing that? So when I say, um, you know, only the, the fittest will survive type thing, I am, I'm kind of thinking of it as more metaphorically. Like, I'm not saying you're going to die, so to speak, but who's living, living their best life? Yeah. Which, which family, which group of people, if you will. And I've always said, I want to be part of those people that are conscious about how to literally honor the very vessels that we live in, because these are the bodies that are carrying us through this experience, this human experience of life. And that's, again, as you mentioned also, you have to pay attention to our mindsets. Mindsets are mental, emotional not just our physical health. Yeah. This really is a parallel to something I was going to talk about, but we talked about this before the show. A big part of the reason I'm doing this work at this level that I'm doing mm -hmm. it at is for our children, you know, because unfortunately they've been the least considered in this equation with all that's taking place. And I pointed these things out very early in all this, like, the, oh, these are what, these are the things that are going to happen. If we do these things, these things will happen. You this is just it science, early. you know? So the CDC just came out with a report acknowledging mm. the, the gigantic jump in obesity rates in children over, just over the span of the pandemic. And so now here's the problem. We can say, oh, well, we can fix things and get things back on track, but that's not how it works. Once, especially in childhood, there's this concept of recidivism. So once you have a template where you're overweight as a child, it's very, it becomes like exponentially more difficult mm. to achieve a healthy body weight, healthy body composition when you get older. It's not impossible. It just starts stacking conditions against you. Not to mention the higher risk of, you know, uh, diabetes and heart disease and the, the list goes on and on. 
that's happening in our children, being subjected to a loss of connection, a loss of routine, mm-hmm. which the brain craves, a loss of development of the social. And um, really the social brain is a big part that's not getting talked about. I don't want to get into it. Yeah. But also, you know, just basic tenets of fitness because I know that the way that I grew up, if this happened, I'd be, you know, in the house eating ramen noodles and, you know, pizza rolls and watching cartoons, right. you know what I mean? And it's not that there's anything inherently like we can't just label this good or bad. It's just what it was. It it is for, you know, hundreds of millions of Americans to be to be frank, you know, it's not well not I've said this before, but I'm going to say this again here in this moment. 250 million of our citizens are overweight or obese. Like, it's very difficult for us to wrap our mind around. You know, we got 340 million-ish folks. Like, that's a huge chunk of our citizens. And I, from my experience, and I know yours as well, it's not that people want to be in that state. It's not that my family members and myself I was fluffy as hell when I was hmm. 20 years old, you know, and I was losing my health. It's just that I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't exposed to what really works. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't exposed to what you said earlier, community. Mm-hmm. And that, that is such a powerful, cohesive thing today. And once that gets pulled apart, I think that's one of the things that really broke a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about your consistency how important consistency is. And I know, again, I can see it in your face. It's not. It's not that we are we have to be 100% every day. Sure. But where does consistency play into things? How have you, have you had to pivot your own routine? Yeah. And what does your routine look like? Do you train like in the mornings and that, yeah. like, please share. That's a really good question. I think, um, so I struggled with consistency uh, at the beginning of COVID because I, uh, one, like many people, didn't take it too seriously, meaning like surely this is going to be over in like two, three weeks. Um, in in that interim, I was doing very basic workouts in the in the backyard. Um, and then reality kind of hit in. I'm like, oh, we're, we're in this. Um, I'm not sure if your question is regarding like over the pandemic, Sean, or just in general. Both. Both. Okay. So I then let me broaden the answer. I should say this. Admittedly, and I think this is important because I've always uh, avoided talking about this, and I think this might be a woman thing, but I found that I am 38 years old, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be 38. I'm not one of those women that are too scared to say their age, actually, which always makes me feel funny that women are like, don't say your age. I'm like, Why the hell not? I, I, I achieved this. <laughs> but... um. You know, my life from 28 when um, fitness was was really big for me, meaning I grew up always as an athlete. Then I started working and then I was, you know, doing that corporate thing. And that was very much a focus. And then I I, I got back into um, regular exercise around 26, 27. By 28, I, I was really into it. And consistency for me then was defined really differently than what consistency is for me today. Yeah. And I think it's important to say, because a lot of women that I know that are in their 30s, are even 40s, have this idea that they have to uh, maintain a level of consistency that they're defining back when they were in their 20s versus what that means for them today. That's important for me to realize because as somebody that's in very much the space of a fitness influencer, um, age does matter. Because with, com- and I don't mean that from a limiting 
um, perspective, meaning you're older, so you should be a bit more mindful about what you're doing in the gym and how often. No, not the intensity, so to speak, but simply because lifestyle changes. I tell people all the time, when I was 28, I was not married. I was single. I did not have four kids to take care of or a mortgage or home, you know? So I think it's really important for not just your physical health, but your mental health. Ladies out there, please understand your definition of consistency today is going to be very differently than it was 10, 15 years ago. And that is okay. That is fine. Let me tell you, when I was 28, consistency for me meant at least six days a week. Four of those days were two a days, right? Every single one of those six days involved at least uh, an hour or 90 minutes of cardio, right? And I would live for at least 90 minutes. That was consistency for me, meaning That's Sunday I would rest, like really rest. And then if for whatever reason I got five days, I'd be like, bad week. Mm. Yo, if I got five days today and was in the gym twice, Monday through Thursday, and then did 90 minutes of cardio, like throughout, I would be like, holy smokes, I'm a super woman. Like, so I can't, I can't, I cannot live up to that standard. That's one thing I realized. I cannot live up to the standards that I gave myself in my 20s that I, that I do today. Cause that is guaranteed like a mental breakdown. And I'm trying to live my very best life today mm. as a 38 year old married woman with four kids to be responsible for. So I say this with a lot of passion because there's so many women out there. And I know this because I've had conversations with them that are stuck on old definitions of what consistency means for them. So today, for me, Sean, consistency is at least four days a week of doing my favorite hike that takes me about 70 minutes, seven zero. And I know this because I time myself. So if I'm under that, I'm like, that's a great day, you know? And if I get to the gym twice a week and put in at least an hour, that's a fantastic week for me. Mm. And that is okay. Yeah. I feel good, right? Sure, I'm not the beast mode girl that's like squatty, out squatting the boys in the gym. And that's okay because I don't need to be that person. As long as I can still out squat the older son, which I can, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still good. But what I'm saying is for me, ultimately, the goal is to feel good in my own body, right? Um, and if that means a little extra pounds, so be it. If that means I need to lose a little weight, so be it. But like for me, I'm trying to live my best life. And that's what consistency, that my consistency has to be aligned to that. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. That, was, that was so refreshing. That was so, yeah, I hope so, so. great. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're this amazing hike that you're doing. Yeah. So are you doing this in the morning? What does your morning, morning routine look like? Oh, morning routine. Let me tell you. Very different also from when I was 28. <laughs> I am. I wake up around six forty-five. Um, uh, the kids, the kids, all the kids are self-sufficient. I will say, no one has to flip pancakes and make eggs in the morning. They all do their own thing. You know, um, we leave out the house um, by about seven twenty. I take them to school. Um, admittedly, the school is a little ways. It's not in our local neighborhood. Um, and uh, I drop them off. I go straight to my trail, the local trail. Um, you might be familiar with it. If you haven't, you got to do it. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, like I said, I do an extended route. It takes me a little over an hour. I come home. That's when I start my work day. So for the most part, you know, a shower, make myself some breakfast, flip up the laptop, and a lot of everything's online. Yeah. 
So between uh, my online business with with fitness and uh, I also own an apparel line, I'm doing all those types of things and communicating with manufacturers. That's what I'm doing until it's time to pick up the kids again. <laughs> so um, laptop closes, I go pick up those kids. We come home, we start them off with homework, make sure they're fed and make sure they're eating. Um, and then I'll just do, immediately do some more work until dinner time. Um, when do I train? Because this is a thing. The hours between, by the time I finish my, my hike, by the time it's time to pick up the kids is actually just a few hours. Um, and so on a good day, like I said, if it's twice a week, I'm happy. I'll find, I'll carve out an hour, sometimes 90 minutes if I'm lucky and, and do some strength training. And ultimately these days, because of my limited days per week now, in comparison to what I used to come from, I'll focus lower half and then upper half, giving my body a whole, you know, week's rest until I do it again. And that, and that works for me. That works for me. If I could do extra, great. If I don't make both days, that's fine too. And I think that's also part of my um, way of maintaining mental health is this idea of not beating myself up if I can't give my physical body everything that I desire for it to have. But no, that's okay. And that hike in the morning always, uh, you know, satisfies me anyways. Yeah. Ah, I love it. It's that. a very boring routine. <laughs> now that I say it out aloud, I'm like, no, holy No, this smokes. sounds fantastic. I mean, the, the hike in and of itself, there's so much value there. You know, the, the fresh air, the okay. altitude. You know. The, you know, there's so many. And just the moving your body. And I would imagine you get some, some time to think, oh, you know, yeah. which I mean, how often do people just think like when's yeah. the last time you just thought something without mm -hmm. picking up your phone or whatever the case even meditation you know it's still it, you're still meditating you know mm -hmm. like but just to sit and think or to to walk and think i think that look at i'm using think think but mm -hmm. i think that during before pr prior to all the shutdowns taking place and and covid becoming part of our lexicon mm -hmm. i was recovering from an injury and I literally had to retrain my nervous system to walk again. Like people ha don't know about this. I mean, I've, I've mentioned it on the show before. Eventually I do a full yeah. uh, breakdown of what happened. But part of my rehab was just, you know, simply walking. And I, the first time I tried to walk, I couldn't even make it to the end of my block. And eventually, you know, over the, the months, and by the way, so I got to know all my neighbors who see me out there. And my neighbors oh. are pretty pretty elderly neighborhood okay and i'm out there and they could smoke me you like wow. just you know and on a walking tip and they but before you know it like i'm 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 walking a little bit better i'm walking a little bit better and they're just like popping out their window yeah keep it going fella yo you know? kidding. and so but i had all of this time to think mm. because i didn't have anything playing i didn't i wasn't mm. with anybody you know i just i needed to be in my body so i could try to get my nervous system to to turn mm, over and to I do like the, the motion. You had to be in your body. Yeah. yeah. And so I had a lot of time just to think about things, to, to contemplate. This is prior to the pandemic. And as we was transi transitioning into it, I felt like the world was kind of joining me, not being able to do stuff. You right. Know? But already I had this very centered connection with my body, my thoughts. And so I just felt like it gave me this extra layer of rationality and patience and peace mm. when the world started to really change and mutate you know and so um i, I just want to throw that out there for folks maybe if you could take again five minutes can be a long time today a lot to, to ask for but just five minutes just to unplug just to do nothing just to think or 
getting out, going for a hike, going for a walk in your neighborhood. You know, this is also a great time. This is a good opportunity to do something with your, you know, significant other or a friend, you know, a great way to, to catch up, to talk about things. The only way I can get my wife to actually walk with me is if we, you know, kind of talk, talk shop, you know, <laughs> talk business okay. or, you know, get her, oh, get her gossip. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's usually more of the gossip. That's hilarious. From her, you know, just catching me up on stuff. But, you know, balance, you know. Yeah. But I would just be like, babe, we get to go talk. You could tell me about, you know, fill in the blank, whatever. Yeah. But other than that, she's like, no, nah, I'm not going. That's so, hilarious. Well, yeah. see, she sounds a little bit more like guy. Uh, not that he's like wants to gossip, but what I what I've tried to explain to him. So we're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Like when I talk about literally, especially this time of year, it's so the air is crisp and it's some the dewiness, um, um, just the sights. Half of it's in the shade, and then half of just views of the valley. Um, I when I try to speak to him, my husband that is about what it does for me. Like, meaning he knows when I didn't go on that high. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes he'll look at me a little odd. He's like, babe, whatever works for you. Whatever that is, yeah. you do that. Um, but we could sit there and make it sound like something that's kind of out of body or not of, from this world. But it really, it's, it's funny. When you said in my body, a lot of times I think that we just be, whether or not we are driving or even having a conversation at a board meeting, anything, shopping. We are just existing without really being fully aware of, of um, ourselves in a body that is capable of doing things, feeling things, all these, all these things. I mean, I could talk about this for a while, so I, I won't go on because I, I will be that person. But just simply the fresh air, seeing a view, that's something that I will never uh, take for granted. Knowing that I'm in a body, I have two working legs and two working arms and thinking about those that do not, like little gratefulness. Um, and then what I've also started doing, though I love a good podcast, I just stopped listening to music altogether because now I'm even paying attention to the smallest little things I've never seen on this hike. I do like it sometimes four or five times a week um, and just being aware and present in stuff. And like I said, sitting down and kind of paying attention. Um to me is is the simple things. And I can I share this? This morning when I went on this hike, I decided to sit down on a bench and they have a few benches up up the top where you see overlook the valley and it's just, just gorgeous. And there was clouds that were sort of settling. Um, so then you saw a few buildings pop up. The sky was clear. And um, I remember sitting there and I had both feet on the ground and had my hands on my thighs. And for whatever, a dog kind of startled me. And my hands kind of did like over my thighs. I kind of just just brushed my thighs a little bit. And I don't know why, but the feeling of just that made me very conscious that I was in a body mm. and this body was mine. And it allowed me to hike to this point that gratitude just kept coming to me. And I mm. think, you know, when you speak, of, you hear the Oprah speaking about the significance and the importance of living in a state of gratitude. It's little moments like that that I get it. Yeah, I truly get it. And I think that does more for me, not just mentally, but also physically from a different aspect. Not because I'm working out these thighs and I'm squatting with heavy weight, but because just this is the simple mere essence of that they're there and I've touched them and they allowed me to hike somewhere, made me feel uh, just really this heightened, this heightened feeling of being in my body. So when you said that, that just triggered that for me because it happened to me just hours ago, you know, this morning. 
But I think it's important. I think it's important to be aware of that, considering our world is like this all the time. Um, to be be in your body. That's why I'm gonna just steal that. Be in your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's powerful. And you said it. Like we're very. There's so much external pulling us away from our bodies in a sense. But the truth is, you you can never really leave here. Even your perception of all that's happening in the world is still going on in you. Mm-hmm. But it seems so exterior. You know, it seems so external. But getting back and being in your body and starting to notice how you feel, this is one of the coolest things about what you shared because that state of gratitude makes you physically healthier. You know, that state of gratitude. That's what I was trying to get at, right? Yeah. Because your mental and how you think and feel dictates, you know, health also. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you can speak on that more than I can. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it changes your biochemistry. (laughs) You know, you're releasing more affirmative, Mm -hmm. strengthening, anti aging hormones. Thank you. You know, versus the more, you know, catabolic. Which again, it all has its place, but mm. if we're in that state where we have a chronic, habitual release of chemicals where we're constantly outside of our bodies and stressed and not appreciating this body, it's toxic, you know, mm. to it to an extent. You know, so being able to flip that switch however we can, that's that's very remarkable. Yeah. And this made me when you were having that moment where you were noticing things, literally, I got to the point where I was like n- noticing cracks in the ground you know, that mm. I hadn't seen. And just like, I really knew this block because I just walked up and down my block. It's just one block. It's a kind of like this little cul-de-sac. And so I knew when I was, you know, I knew the houses. I know this one house that just got, you know, all of this crazy uh, plants, you know, look like they just took some seeds of some everything. They just, it's kind of like Subway, you know, running through the garden. I don't know. It's mm. just, it's crazy. It just looks, it, it's, it's a bit of a mess, a beautiful mess. <laughs> anyway, so I see that. You know, there's, I see that certain houses are like the, 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 the panels are unfinished or their roofs and I'm just noticing all these things. But most recently, I just took a walk last night and I tried to get some footage of it, but it was too dark. It wasn't come up on the camera. I've been going because I got to get it in just like, you know, at least 10, 20 minutes, just get out and walk in, in, in my little, on my block. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times my youngest son will come with me and I've been going right when the sun is setting. So, and th- there's, this, there's this little bat. There's a, there's a damn bat okay. that's been coming out and it comes out at this time, like without fail. And it's just like flapping. One time it was like trying to get at me, you know? And it's really? a tiny little bat. It's gotta be one of those fruit bat- bats because they're around. I know, I've seen them myself. Well, I don't they, know I what it's doing. I, I think that this one is actually from Wuhan. Oh no! <laughs> and he's just trying to tell me like it wasn't me. <laughs> Don't believe the hype. It wasn't me. It wasn't so I'm me. like, why is this oh bat so attracted gosh. to me? Anyway, so you know, these are the things that I might miss mm-hmm. if I'm just you know got my head down, throwing on the you know the headphones and whatnot. It's true. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. Snuggle up with some fat burning nutrition this holiday season. You know what time of year it is. It's that time to get cozy. It's that time to snuggle up. It's that time for a nice pumpkin spice, everything. But truly, some of the most potent nutrition can be found right in our spice cabinet. And this particular spice that you need to know about has been used traditionally in cooking, medicine, and rituals for thousands of years. And what I'm talking about is turmeric. Turmeric and one of its most renowned micronutrients, curcumin, have well-noted anti-inflammatory effects. 
But what isn't commonly known is its surprising anti-obesity effects. A study published in the European Journal of Nutrition covered that, in addition to down-regulating inflammatory cytokines, curcumin and turmeric also upregulates the activity of adiponectin and other satiety-related hormones. Turmeric has been found to actually improve insulin sensitivity, reduce blood fats, and directly act upon fat cells. Another really interesting thing about turmeric is that it has anti-angiogenesis properties. A study published in the Journal of Nutrition found that curcumin and turmeric is able to reduce angiogenesis in adipose tissue, which is fat tissue. And angiogenesis is the process of decreasing the blood supply and nutrient supply to those pesky fat cells and also to cancer cells as well. And turmeric has been found to have an intelligent, selective capacity to target rogue cells and reduce their ability to grow. Really, really fascinating stuff. And it's one of my favorite things that's in the gold blend from Organifi. This blend highlights a super critical extract of organic turmeric plus other metabolism enhancing spices like cinnamon and ginger. It also has reishi, which is clinically proven to support your sleep quality. It's a great vibe, great way to relax, and a great time to enjoy this season. Head over, check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model for 20% off your gold latte. Check it out. I want to ask you about, you know, you are a motivational force for so many people, like truly, and you know so that. So sweet. <laughs> now, what a, what motivates you? You know, yeah. what what do you have in your life or or do you look to in the moments when you might be needing a little bit of motivation to, you know, whether it's to, you know, take care of yourself, to to execute, get your, you know, your work done, whatever the case might be. What motivates the motivator. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question for a lot of people that we probably both look up to. Um, that apparently seem like they're always full of motivation. Um, I I can be fully transparent here and say that motivation always isn't at its highest. You know, for me, um, you know, in dealing with life, like everyone else, there's always ups and downs, and I think sometimes in those downs, I find it difficult to be motivated. Um, the feeling I get when I go on my hikes, for instance, will motivate me to just get up, just get up and do that hike or get outside, let the sun kiss your skin, breathe some fresh air, things like that motivate me because I'm very much a nature, nature girl. I think ultimately though, um, when I'm in a very much a cadence of motivation, I think, I think of things that come from my childhood, Sean, like simple things, you know, I come from simple people, island people who are immensely happy and they don't have to have a lot, you know? And I, I take a lot of motivation from that, um, especially because I now live in the city of angels here in Los Angeles, where we so are really easily influenced by the Joneses. And I can admit that my husband and I have definitely had certain motivations where we feel like we should need and get and and um I sometimes I fall back on that I'm like nah no we didn't it was a terrible purchase um but I think about childhood I think about the people that raised me um one thing and I don't actually know who this came from but I remember it being kind of like a little staple 
staple saying amongst uh, family members. It's like, listen, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. And I think about that often sometimes, you know, especially when I'm stressed. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 40. I don't know what God has intended for my life, for the span, how long I will be here. But I am really conscious about wanting to live good. I want to live a good life. And then how I define good will be very different than, than say, how Kim Kardashian may define a good life. So how I define a good life definitely is a sense of family, unity, community, uh, health, you know, and, and being in my best body um, to, 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 the, to the highest capacity in which I can obtain at all times. Um, and that also means rest days, you know, and not being hardcore by no means, but just whatever that means for me. Um, and I think ultimately love. I want, I want part of my best life means there has to be love, whether I'm creating it or I'm receiving it, um, embodying it and being it for others. These are, I, I recognize without a shadow of a doubt, this is what motivates me. You know, does that make sense? So it's, it's not a thing or a person anymore. I used to say, oh my gosh, I used to say the craziest things about who used to motivate me. Um, I used to say my mother motivated me. She absolutely, she inspires me and motivates me in certain ways. But ultimately, you know, like what I take from my mother or the people that I admire that I said used to motivate me are certain qualities and values. Yeah that I want to obtain and I want to live out in my days here on earth, again, in this human experience that I'm experiencing, that motivates me. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but you're pouring your motivation and your, your, your life force into helping other people, into service, into yeah. teaching. And also, you mentioned your your line, your clothing line, which <laughs> is incredible. Like so many people, like people are going nuts for your clothing line. Can you talk a little bit about it? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I might have mentioned some time ago that it was a very unintentional thing. I didn't ever plan to own an apparel line by no means, um, but because of the workshops and and the boot camps that I would. I would um, host, I would shout out little cute things like thick thighs save lives, ladies, like let's get these squats on, like love thyself, like really just telling, just this little quirky things and because of it built a line. Ultimately then it was, it wasn't taken too seriously, it just it, it was what it was and I would sell a few units here and there at boot camps, but now we're very intentional about the line um, and now we have a whole whole collections of, of certain items that I know women feel amazing in that's, you know, snatches them up in all their curves and it really kind of incent um, incentivizes a woman to to show up as she is in her shape um, and to to just pursue her best life. And so today the the line has uh, is fueled by intention and I'm really proud of it and where it's going. It takes up a lot of time. But I'm learning like kind of like a new entrepreneur when it comes to apparel. But it's it's something I'm really passionate about because I actually <laughs> have seen and witnessed and have conversations uh, with women that simply just wear the, the pieces and feel so empowered by them, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's just a pair of leggings, but they feel sexy. They feel strong. They feel empowered and it contours their curves. And little things like that make, um, make my heart just buzz. <laughs> awesome. Please let everybody know the name of the clothing line. Oh, okay, yes. The clothing line is called Thick Athletics Apparel. 
Yes, Thick yes. Athletics Apparel. So is that the <laughs> URL as well? Yes, thickathleticsapparel.com. Nice. Nice and easy. Can we get a can we get a code, a little coup, coupon code Let's for do a code. Everybody? How about- we want, it, we want it to be the model? Yeah, we'll use a code model. Mm-hmm. And then folks can get hooked up with a- Discount. How much? <laughs> I think we could we we do fifteen percent. Really? Yeah. Oh, come on now. So mm-hmm. people are seeing the live negotiation here oh, for yeah, the Model Health Show community. Okay, that's it. It's in pen. I love There's it. No going back. That's so awesome. So use a code model. Model. And you'll get fifteen percent off. Mm-hmm. And again, this this clothing line is amazing i mean every person that i know because i know quite a few people who've bought oh that is love things from your clothing line that is so they just cool. love it. it's like their favorite gear so That's cool. yeah so, super cool and thank you for that that's really awesome so you can check out uh 15 off discount use the code model url one more time thickathleticsapparel.com thickathleticsapparel.com yes. it just mm-hmm. sounds good coming <laughs> off the tongue all right so i want to ask you about uh just a couple more quick things mm. because Earlier, when you said something that really tripped me out when you said that you borrowed some weights from the gym. I did. You know, it really speaks to one of the greatest capacities of successful humans, which is resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And you've been kind of speaking about that, like your mom kind of um, creating the culture where you think in those terms, just figure it out. Because a lot of times we're limited, like, oh no, they did this, they took this thing away, or I don't have this. Instead of getting creative, and finding ways to do it. I never thought about borrowing some weights from a gym. You oh, know, really? like that's an incredible idea. Like yeah. I've never thought about the that. The gym is full with them. It's <laughs> completely they're fully stocked and they're closed. Was <laughs> it's like why it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. You know, and relationships, because even that taking place is an aspect of a relationship that you have with whoever there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's another invaluable thing. Um, you know, in that context, my my oldest son. You know, he he plays football, so he was, I mean, he was like in his bag when everything got shut down, oh, the gym shut down. Like yeah. he was really training for next season. And suddenly, like, you know, he's using what we got. You know, we got a pull-up bar, which is pretty dope okay. that we have a pull-up bar, yeah. you know. And, you know, we got a bunch of dumbbells. My man's trying to deadlift the 500, you know, squat the 450. Do He's trying to do his thing. Relationships, you know, are, shout out to Jay, who lived next door to us. He lives couple blocks away now, mm-hmm. but he, he owns a gym. And uh-huh. so that relationship, Jordan, the whole time he was training at Jay's gym and just getting it in. And he was also building his online presence, sharing inspiration, workout oh, yeah. videos. He started his, created his own programs, nice. all from having that, being resourceful, you know, just being able to look at like what relationships, connections, value can we give and in exchange for whatever that might look like that can serve our fitness, you know? Yeah. So, um, I wanted Figuring to reiterate that, Figuring yeah, it figuring out. it out. Yeah. And, but I, the thing that I want to ask you about, the last thing I want to ask you about is recovery, mm. all right? So whether you are on your Lita 2000 version <laughs> or the Lita 2021 version, mm-hmm. you know, our recovery is a big part of our health. So what are some of the things that are part of your recovery process? You know, what do you do? Like, is there post-workout nutrition? Is that a focus? Yeah. Sleep? What, what do you do to focus on your recovery? Well, you definitely hit two of the ones that I definitely implement. <laughs> um, nutrition and sleep. Now, 
admittedly, even when I was like um, super active, even when I was a full-blown track athlete, I think recovery I did not take seriously at all. You know, you get on the other side of mid-30s and you start realizing why does my body feel this way? My workout wasn't even that crazy. And it's, again, just a, just a thing we all need to just sort of come to grips with. And it's like, I obviously, you know, this idea of recovery is very important, especially if you want to be consistent in your workouts and be able to show up in the best way you can in the next day or the day after. Um, for me, recovery, uh, you, hit, you hit sleep. And I was going to say that to last because I never took sleep seriously. I am a, a night owl. I feel like I can function off six hours. Um, probably in my early 30s, I realized that wasn't the case. I was just living a lie and I was beating myself up for it. But um, sleep ultimately is so key. I live by my Theragun. Mm. Shout out to them. Um, and although I have a, own a foam roller and I will typically be rolling in front of the TV from time to time, I'll get lazy, but that gun does wonders so um also you mentioned nutrition which is uh, something that i was gonna definitely bring up as, as well because if i am going to the gym i did mention these days it's only twice a week admittedly when i'm there i'm like i got one lower body day i'm going in and so after warming up that's the one thing i'm doing definitely these days more than i used to back especially in my 20s, is I'm doing a really solid warm-up, activating everything I need to activate, making sure uh, my mobility and my range of motion is there before I'm doing anything too crazy. And I do like to go crazy. Now, how I define crazy is really different to how you, anybody else may define it, or even, again, when I was in my 20s. But I do try to hit weight because I'm only doing it very rarely throughout the week. Um, so typically, Monday, Tuesday is a leg day. A Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, if I have not eaten correctly post-workout, I feel it more than ever. Back when I was younger, didn't care, didn't realize it, didn't realize it and didn't kind of connect the two. I know if I do not give my body the right nutrition after a heavy lift, especially my lower half, I feel horrible, like almost cannot function. So I'm definitely feeding my body uh, a good amount of protein post-workout and, and doing all the things. I'm like, I'm just being particular. I'm big on my turmeric. Um, I love my ginger. Things for my, obviously my immune, but I'm also making sure I'm getting a good source of protein within the first 30, 45 minutes after workout. So whether or not I'm eating something or shaking it up, that's also key too. So I'm definitely nutrition, sleep, um, and I, th I think that's, that's, pretty, that's kind of key. Cause these are the things that I would neglect the most, mm -hmm. you know? And I, when I say sleep, I'm getting eight hours. Mm. That's, that's big for me. Mm. That's big for, <laughs> it, you're asking, but well, that's big. I'm getting eight hours. I'm going to bed at an hour, waking up at a certain hour and I feel good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned some self-massage therapy, basically, with, That's the, right. ther yes. with the Theragun, too. Because I have multiple, you know. and I might even say there might be a mini one somewhere stuck in my couch. That's how often I use it. <laughs> what is this? You know, somebody's hanging out, sitting yeah, around. Yes. That's amazing. Well, this has been awesome, and I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Mm -hmm. We could use a lot more of these kind of common sense things and a lot of things that we're 
neglecting, you know, so I just appreciate it. I, I really appreciate the reframing of what consistency looks like. Oh, sure. That really hit me. And, you know, I think that especially with all that's going on in the world, for folks to feel more at peace with redefining these things for themselves and, you know, not beating ourselves up and really taking more joy in the things that we are doing and that we're able to do, I think it's going to take us a lot further. So uh, can you let everybody know where they can follow you online? Okay. Drop the link to the apparel line one more time. Sure. The big shout outs. So uh, across all social media platforms, I'm follow the Lita. That's L-I-T-A being my name, obviously. My apparel line is called Thick Athletics Apparel. And that is just thickathleticsapparel.com. Like I said, we're going to shout out that, that discount code model. Um, that's where you can save some dollars on the website as well. Awesome. Well, Lita, I appreciate you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Always a good time chatting with you, always. My pleasure. <laughs> Lita Lewis, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This is a time, again, to take control of your schedule, take control of your routine, and be gentle, graceful, and compassionate with yourself because a lot of us experienced quite a bit of turbulence during this time. And so there's going to be an adjustment period. But most importantly, it's really getting clear on what it is that you want and just taking steps in that direction. You don't have to take every step all at once. It's kind of like Lita and her hikes that she's going on. In order to complete that hike, it's just putting one foot in front of the other, doing one step at a time, and eventually you will get there. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it out on social media. You can tag me and, of course, tag Lita. She's at Follow the Lita, L-I-T-A, and I'm at Sean Model on Instagram and Twitter, but both of us hang out more often on Instagram. Absolutely flood her with love. Let her know what the Model Health Show is all about in our incredible community. And listen, I've got some incredible shows coming your way, some masterclasses that are going to blow your mind, incredible guests, so make sure to stay tuned. Take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.